How can I make money in the music business? Why copyright? Should I make a CD anymore? Trying to break into the music and entertainment biz? Wondering how the business works? Wondering how guys like Elton John and MC Hammer go bankrupt? Why am I not making any cash? Tune in to WP Brave New Radio every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. Hang with the university's music business faculty hosts, me, Steve Marconi. And me, Dave Phil. Plus, we'll have industry guests and students from the music management program. How do I get gigs down at the shore? Call in with your questions and hear the latest in industry happenings. How do I get my music on iTunes? How do I get on a tour? It's Music Biz 101 and more every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Only on WP Brave New Radio. Your secretary's got our checks, right? Mine's direct deposit, I think. <laughs> one, two, three, four. One, two. Let me tell you you're listening to Music Biz 101 and more. On It is Wave New Radio. Music Biz, one, one, and more. This is improv. I made that up. That I am freestyling. Improv. I, yes, I am. I am right. a man of the streets. Great. Right. And I am Professor David Kirk Philp. You can call me Professor David Kirk Philp if you like. Here with Doctor Stephen. That is I. <laughs> Doctor Stephen, that is I, which is French for Marconi. And we are uh, uh, all participating today in the Music Biz 101 and more radio second show. Second show this season. In season two, see, uh, show yes. numero dos. And uh, we are on WP 88.7 Brave New Radio. Tweet us the second. Tweet us. Tell us you're listening. And uh, give us a question for our guests, and we'll tell you who our guests are in a moment. The tweet is at MusicBiz101WP. You can always visit us on the website, MusicBiz101WP.com. And you can listen to this forever after the show is over on Stitcher.com. You can download Stitcher on your iPhone or your Android device, and you can listen to the show. And uh, Dr. Marconi, should we introduce Philip Gorachowski? We better, yes. He's running the dials. The man who runs the show, the man behind the board, the man who I will take a picture of as we do this. His name is Philip Gorachowski. Felipe! Philip does not speak English, as you can tell by that last name, Very so serious. that is why he does not give in a microphone. And in addition to that, we have a student guest, Dr. Steve Marconi. Who is our student guest tonight? Our student guest is the esteemed Joey Stephan. How's Joey. everybody doing? Yes. <laughs> yes. Just completed an internship this summer at... Uh, Blackheart Records with Joan Jett. Yes, and didn't see Joan once. <laughs> Uh, once, I saw her once. No, I mean in the office. Oh, no, yeah, no. Nor Kenny Laguna. <laughs> what a company, huh? <laughs> you sound like, who was that uh, Russian comedian years ago? Vata country. Yakov, Yakov Smirnoff. That's, that's right, that's right. I just dated myself. I, I, and right. I brought it up. <laughs> yeah, so, that's uh, right. Uh, how old are you, Sean? I'm um, 48. Oh, so you're two years older than me. So you yep. know so much. I don't know anything. Exactly. Mark, Dr. Stephen Marconi. Yes. Of the Music Biz 101 and More radio show. And William Patterson, the university. Who are our guests this evening? This evening, we are very fortunate to have back Rachel and Sean from Blue Raven Entertainment. <laughs> out of yeah. Hello. Right here in Clifton, correct? Correct. Yep. That's it. And tonight is our basically our DYI show to help everyone out there who... Maybe shooting for the stars, 
eventually, but first realize that they have to get some sort of a groundswell in their own backyard to become legitimate and then go to the Internet and so on. So we thought it was very fitting to start the season with this idea of giving people information for DIY. DIY. I think DIY. DIY. Do yourself it. Right. So do, do, do it. Right. Do it yourself. DIY. Right. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know what it stood for anyway. <laughs> no, so I, I was just going along with everything. DIY sounds like something yeah, that happens to you after you have some bad right. food. That's yep, right. But yes. Yeah. Well, one thing I did not mention, Dr. Marconi, about our show that it is the only, the only free advice, music, and entertainment show talk show in the United States of Good America. Good advice. Maybe yeah. in the world? Is it possible? It's very possible. All right. Sean That's and I, we actually have 17 private investigators looking that into right this now? at this moment, yeah. yes, in, in various right. countries. We'll get back to you with the answer. Mm-hmm. We, we certainly will. Do we want to talk about, before we get into our guests and into Joey Stefano, do we want, Stefan, I always want to call you Stefano. <laughs> you sound like you should own a, uh, a used car lot. <laughs> Come to Stefano Cars. We... Or an Italian pizzeria. Or a pizzeria. That's very good. Uh, should we talk about who we have coming up? I think that's a great idea. So, so I... <laughs> who's coming up next week? <laughs> so who's coming up? Next week, we have Wayne Chernin. Wayne Chernin is the vice president of sales for Def Jam Island and Republic Records. God, he's probably sweating. Because he's going to come on on the no, show, or because, because he's so he busy. may not have a job if he's vice president of sales. <laughs> I know, yeah. especially when you have a, something that happened yesterday. I heard they just put him on part time. <laughs> they do part time sales. <laughs> um, you, yesterday, you two released their brand yes. new album. It was a surprise, a la Beyonce, but in this case, it was for free. For free. So, and you two is actually an Interscope band, which is owned by the Universal Music Group, which is one of the labels owned. That now, is that going to be free forever, do you know? Because Throughout I'm only bringing that up is because uh, One Direction this week released a new single that was free for 24 hours. And if you miss the 24 hours, mm-hmm. now you have to pay for it. The 24 hours is up. So I was wondering if you two had a window that they were giving us or It's what? through October. I don't remember the date. But if you have an iTunes account, it was automatically downloaded into your account. Ah. And even if you have it on your phone, oh no, it's automatically Jeez, I'm gonna on your phone. I'm going to have to get home and delete yeah. that. <laughs> delete, delete, delete. <laughs> exactly. no, I'm kidding. No. It's red October. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that's uh, coming up next week, Wayne Churn. And then after mm-hmm. that, the week after, we have Steve Corbin, who's the Vice President of Category and Content Development at WIA. Mm-hmm. That'll which be is interesting cool. after to find that. out what he actually does. Yes. Yes, at WIA. Again, another big major label group. What's, right. What's going on? And was it an attorney that gave him that title? It could. It sounds like it. It could be. Because we still don't know what he does. No. I'm sure he will have no problems telling us. I hope he does. And then after that, Dave Laurie, who's the president CEO of DJL Live Music Productions. Mm-hmm. And Dave will probably be one of the most interesting guests, I believe, uh, this entire season because of his varied career in the music uh, industry. Both Pro- for labels and as tour manager, um, seminar producer, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. And uh, probably a lot more interesting than the guests we have tonight. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. At least the... Uh... <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> and then uh, finally, uh, uh, after that is Frank Robin, who is the guitar tech. I, 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 t- oh, I texted yes. this about He's the guitar great. tech for Hall & Oates 
and the band Mo, the jam band Mo. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to talk all about how can you get a gig as a guitar tech. And he actually balances his career around when Hall & Oates and when Mo tours. And how does he Mm -hmm. do it for both of these guys? And then he also has a family. And how does he then get home and Mm -hmm. do that whole kind of thing? That'll be kind of interesting Mm -hmm. because... I know there are a lot of people interested in that side of the mm-hmm. equation. Well, but, so that's what we have coming up. We also have a theme song contest. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But for now, uh, our guests are Sean Gilday, Rachel Hill, Blue Ra- Hill, Blue Raven Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yep. Okay, so <laughs> you were here last May, and then for some reason the snafu occurred where the... Station lost the tape, and I we won. Just to touch back on something that Dave just said, maybe we just, we just weren't that interesting or something. So no. yeah, just that's the, what we were thinking. It was implied. Button. It wasn't outright oh, sad. Right, I got right, you. Right, well, right, right. Okay. Now, now it's outright sad. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> and we're out of here. So yeah. okay, adios, <laughs> Rachel. You are an alum of the program. Yes, I am. And how did you get started over at Blue Raven? Well, I did. My four-year study here in the music management department at William Patterson, and I connected with Sean through the alumni association here. There was a career shadowing program that I enrolled in, and actually Dr. Marconi was nice enough to give me a recommendation. And at the time, um, Blue Raven and Sean was doing a co-pro with William Patterson at Shea for one of our bands that we still currently work with, Cashmere. Um, they are a live Led Zeppelin tribute show. Mm-hmm. Um, and the show actually sold out. It did very well here. And I got a chance to hang with the band and meet Sean and kind of get the ins and outs of a, you know, what a day in the life of um, kind of covering a show would be like. And... Then, I guess the rest is history. I started part-time with Sean and eventually built it into a full-time position. I'd say I was part-time for about six or six to eight months. And yeah, that sounds about right. I've been with the company for over three years now. So Great, great. So, Sean, you got into this crazy business how? It was, it was a mistake, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... All right, let's keep it positive. No, actually, in a roundabout way, I owned a company that did merchandise. Uh, in other words, we printed T-shirts, did embroidery, mm-hmm. and that was a pretty successful company. And I actually got a call from somebody from the band Molly Hatchet, which was a mm-hmm. uh, 70s, 80s, 90s uh, southern rock band. And it was the guitar player who also owned the band, and he was looking for shirts. And I did shirts for him and got them done quick. And... You know, I just realized at that point in my career that this could be something that would be interesting to me. Um, I didn't really have a formal education in music, but I mean, I've listened to music my whole life and I thought I could take a shot at it. And uh, it's been pretty successful. Mm -hmm. So what do you guys actually do? Combination of what? That, now you're putting the pressure on us. Yeah. To Rach, you take this. <laughs> um, we do a whole bunch of things. Um, you know, we could get into talking about 360 deals, but a lot of what we do and a lot of what our summer has been like is kind of going in and taking over these events, um, whether it be, you know, festivals or big, you know, state fairs or motorcycle rallies. And we'll go in and we'll handle all of the 
merchandise for the entire event, and then we will also book all of the entertainment for the event as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll kind of handle all aspects of Yeah, that. we we've actually been, I mean, gone almost the whole summer or every weekend on the road. So you're getting uh, probably a less jacked up version of us now because we're kind of burned out after a long summer. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, one of the events that we just ran was the East Coast Motorcycle Rally. Yeah. Which was, uh, you know, it's it's about ten thousand people. Yeah, this. it's 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 crazy. I mean, it's just a crazy event. Anyone uh, under sixty? Uh, you know, yeah, there were all, all different kinds of age groups, but you know, mostly <laughs> a, an older crowd. We had the Outlaws booked, which is ah. a, you mm-hmm. know another band from the seventies, eighties era, plus mm-hmm. uh, Citizens Band Radio, which is one of our bands. They play that every year. They headline the Thursday night. Mm-hmm. They're a um, kind of a country rock band yeah. out of uh, California, yeah, in Hunterdon yeah. County. Mm-hmm. So, and then we had you know some of our other bands as well booked on that, but uh, that so, was seven days short. I'm sorry, no, that was six days straight. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. So you're there like eight, you know, probably sixteen hours a day. Sure. So you, so Blue Raven has a booking license. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. In New Jersey, you have to be licensed. Uh, to be a, a booking agent. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, kind of the same thing. They they consider it an employment agency. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. Yep. So the um, these tribute bands or these sort of cover bands or so on do very well, don't they? You're just talking about Cashmere, and of course we've yeah. had several up at Shea. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, from time to time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know that people really have a real idea. Of what the bands can make, but mm-hmm. you know, some of the tribute bands on the low end, you know, fifteen hundred dollars. Um, we don't really have any bands that make that that money, but we have bands that make like from three thousand to like I'd say twelve thousand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's real money in it, and um, and you have a show coming up. We do with we, a tribute with, band. We have Tusk, mm-hmm. um, which is our Fleetwood Mac tribute band, and they are at the Bergen Pack, and then we also have. The That's, Glimmer Twins. Yeah, both of these shows are this coming Saturday. Yeah. Right. We have the Glimmer Twins. And, and uh, Dave, do you want to say something about the Glimmer Twins? And Yeah, we're actually going to be giving away a pair of tickets to right. the Glimmer Twins. It's at the oh, Newton Theater in Newton, New Jersey. Yeah. Not, not only will be, will we, we be, all right, right. so not the future perfect tense, but we are now. Should we now give away tickets to the Glimmer, we Glimmer could, Twins? We could do that. So I let's mean, do a contest. Let's Let's do it. Okay. Here we go. We're going to do a contest. If you are listening, and you should be, tweet uh, at MusicBiz101WP, the first person to tweet us with the answer to this question. The tribute band, the Glimmer Twins, who are they a tribute band for? What artist, what band are they a tribute? What famous band? What famous band are they in tribute to? Is that how you would ask the question, Rachel? Sure. You're very smart. Yes, yeah. okay. and you, they are at where not Bergen Package. No, they're at the no. Newton Theater. The Newton Theater ah, is owned by uh, uh, a guy named Jonathan Pierce, is one of the owners, and his Paul is his partner. But I just want to mention Jonathan Pierce because I think Jonathan Pierce or JP may be listening. So <laughs> we work a lot with JP. Actually, mm-hmm. he's probably the most sarcastic person I've ever spoken with, but a really good guy. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's great. It's, we'll be getting I'm sure a, he'll be calling. We'll in. have a call in in about two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> nah, he's a, that, that, but actually, to, to say something about, you know, we're talking about the Newton Theater. 
Uh, that that they're a perfect example, though, of a, a kind of mid-sized theater. They're I think um, six hundred plus seats, and they probably are. It's probably the best place I could think of in the area to go see a show, mm-hmm. and it's because of the eclectic mix of bands that they have. But they work very hard, just specifically, not just to make the experience in-house good, but the other side of it, which is making sure that the bookings are quality bookings. And uh, so, and making sure the artists are happy too. So, right, those are the, so they give like their artists water and stuff. Ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great experience. And for the consumer as well as the artist, was it the former movie theater? Correct. It was and a movie theater, and yeah. it had, and then it closed. It had wings, or I mean, no, it was actually separated down the middle, I believe. But um, JP and Paul, Paul is actually a builder, mm-hmm. and uh, JP actually used to work at Mayo. Right. Center for the Performing Arts. And uh, so they got together. And I mean, you know, it, it, to be quite honest with you, it's kind of a crazy thing to even think about mm-hmm. taking a theater. And, you know, when you think about the real huge task that that was, mm-hmm. but um, they did it. And, you know, they, you know, they worked hard the first year. We worked with them. We did mm-hmm. a lot of the booking mm-hmm. for the first year. Um, but uh, they really turned that place into a huge success. So I mean, it's another example of DIY. Correct. Here developing something in Sussex County that was not there before. Right. And it's a it's a it's a county that's really was in lax. Need yeah, yeah, I actually believe I mean, there's a couple of William Patterson people that work up there. Mm-hmm. There are, yeah. Well, they you know, when I think of Sussex County, I think of a lot of bars and a lot of um you know, hangout type places, but not anything that has the, not anything that's going to draw people. Draw, to right, and has the ability to actually book somebody of of um you know, of, of decent caliber. So right. that's that's great. Actually. Yeah, and that, and that 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 is, I think, part of the success of it. And mm-hmm. the other part of the success that, for me, when I go to a show there, the one thing that I always uh, feel is that some of the p- other places we work with are a little formal, mm-hmm. and this has the right mix of like still really nice inside, clean seats, really mm-hmm. very like mm-hmm. you know, you feel like it's kind of formal in that regard. Right. But they allow the show. To develop, they mm-hmm. they're not creating an environment where it's too tight, and then the bands start to feel tight. Yeah. So then exactly. they just go, well, let's do our ninety minutes and get, and off. get off. Yeah. Right. And uh, you know they they make it so the bands actually want to stay on and jam longer, mm-hmm. and the crowds get a little bit crazier. So it's I I think it's kind of a throwback to what was going on in the seventies. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. but that's kind of a neat thing. Right. Sure. So if you go to Wellmont, I mean whether it's for standing or or sitting. It's it's more formal right at, right yes. off the bat, and then secondly, you got parking and you and have the secu- all these issues like the in Montclair. Secu- you know, for me, a big thing at shows is security. You know, mm-hmm. I think with security, you want the security to be as invisible as possible, but still Impressive. know that you, people can feel safe, and right. and that's they do that really well there. You know, you don't ever feel like if somebody gets up and they're dancing in the aisles, they're not immediately you know told to go sit down. They let let them dance, and mm-hmm. so it's a lot of it's a lot of it's fun. A good vibe. And speaking right. of a good vibe, if you're listening right now, who are the Glimmer Twins? We're still wondering. We're still wondering. Yeah. Tweet. Tweet us at MusicBiz101WP. Win yourself a pair of tickets to see the Glimmer Twins The Glimmer Twins uh, yeah. this Saturday, Newton Theater. Mm-hmm. And if you're freaking out and saying, I can't go, win the tickets and give them to somebody. That's it. For there heaven's sake. Put them on eBay. That's right. Put them on, and sell them real. Craigslist. Yeah, that's Something. right. Something. I right. know. Um, 
question for you guys because you mentioned the festival you have and, and you mentioned the word co-pro earlier when you when you first started talking Rachel um, talk about and then I know you guys also have a cruise that you're doing in, in February Correct. Um, you you have a uh, some big events some festivals where where, where you are providing a handful of the acts, not all of the acts, but a mm-hmm. handful. Um, how how do those deals work? Are, or is, is another promoter coming to you and saying, hey, can you guys fill half the show? Are you bidding with your artists to get half the show? How do all these, or the crews, what are the dynamics of those? Well, you know, if, if we've got, there's a lot of festivals that are huge festivals. We just had uh, Citizens Band Radio on the Peach Festival. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that that's a big festival. And at that, at our level, we're not booking the Allman Brothers and all the other bands that are at at this event. But we're really pushing to try to get our bands that are are you know trying to build a career onto these bigger festivals. Um, if you can get a band onto a festival like Peach, like CB Radio last year, they we wound up doing a promotion within the festival itself, and we handed out um, cards that said, you know, come by this stage for a free T-shirt you know for the band from the band and we wound up having like three four hundred people in line for t-shirts and we wound up having like a couple thousand people at the stage and it blew everybody away and they were kind of the talk of the whole event in a way and um you know that that th- that's what you're hoping for and the and the way you're doing that is it's you know 99 no's and one yes you're really you're just pushing and prodding and trying to make contact with people. And um, that's pretty much it. That's how we're getting, uh, you know, these people on these these kind of bigger events. Okay, so you see all these festivals. And, and this is a great question because I'm sure there are people listening who are in bands who have no concern about the Glimmer Twins, but they want to know how they can be part of festivals. Right. So what you're doing is you're you're looking at you know, your Excel spreadsheet of all the festivals that are going to happen in Let's say we're talking next year in 2015, right? And you're saying, okay, all, you know, these 60 festivals totally make sense for our roster of talents. So you just contact each and say, "That's exactly." I got a band that works, and basically, you're saying, "Are you guaranteeing a certain number of tickets sold, or no. what? What is your pitch to them to no. get them on the festival besides the promotion?" The, the like one, the one thing we don't do, and that I really from the very beginning learned not to do, is we don't do anything that's really pay for play. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so guaranteeing, like, hey, get my band on and we'll guarantee you 100 tickets, that's, you know, pay for play as far as I'm concerned. Now, what we're offering uh, and what we do, what I think we do better than a lot um, and maybe better than most is have an eye for the talent and pick bands that are real quality bands. And so what we're giving them is, is you know, guaranteed quality entertainment. You know, it's really in a big festival. I'm not saying like they shouldn't count on every band to sort of bring some people, but the festival promoters have to be responsible mostly for um, getting the people in the doors and promoting the festival as a whole as kind of a, you know, an interesting thing, you know. Mm So that's that. That's pretty much that. I think I'll just add something as far as like a. Sh- I think what you were asking is more of like what is our strategy with some of these smaller bands as far as getting them onto these bigger uh, level festival scene. I would say it's just a matter of kind of like the squeaky wheel thing. Like with Citizens Band Radio, a lot of it was just building, and it was just capitalizing on the momentum when the t- the opportunity arose and. A lot of what we did was just start out with these smaller festivals, a lot of regional type yep. stuff. And then it was just a matter of 
being ready to capitalize on the opportunity when it presented itself. And then once you kind of like open the door to one thing, then you just use that to propel yourself to the next level. Like, for instance, we got them on the Peach Festival last year. That was like the big like, okay, the door is open now. And, you know, we did what Sean said. We capitalized on the opportunity while we were there. We made a name for ourselves, um, you know, while we could, and then that turned into getting them on Mountain Jam this year, and, 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 also and back a at yeah, yeah and mm-hmm. a rebook back at Peach Festival, and so now the ball is kind of rolling, and they're making a name for themselves, and they're in the festival circuit. So it's just a matter of like paying your dues in one sense, and then just kind of being the squeaky wheel a little bit, you know, contacting these festivals, saying here's our resume, here's what we've done, and then. Just being ready, you know, to kind of capitalize yeah, they, on the opportunity. They, they need to hear that name, that band name, over and over, you know. And they also need to, when they go and you finally have hit them enough and they decide to go look at the website that you've sent them 10, 20, 30, 40 times, whatever it might be, um, that website needs to be on point. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the biggest and most important thing is the band. You know, the band just has to be on point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, you know, it's almost like a perfect storm. If you, the band's really good and, and you got good media and you give, you create a good presence and then you create, you know, grassroots buzz, that's how you start to move. And you do it in steps. You know, mm-hmm. it's almost like progress. It's, you know, two steps forward, one step back. It's never like, okay, I'm going from here to here to here. You know, there's setbacks and you get frustrated, but the bands and the people and the agents and anybody else in the business who persevere through those setbacks, those are the ones yeah. that are going to be successful. It's interesting, though, Professor Phil, yes. that here this is another DIY example that Blue Raven found the niche that festivals would need more than just the headliners and so on to put together a festival with a theme and with bands that complement each other and so on and so forth and found a way to make money in this business mm-hmm. yes and and so you, you touched upon the very important word money without dis, you know disclosing what you don't want to disclose obviously the ba- the people listening also okay so I, I finally got myself on a festival what is what kind of money are these bands making any well, sort of range? It depends. I mean, you know, as a band starting out, you know, if you're if you're trying to get onto the festival circuit, you're going to go into the lower level festival circuit, and your first round, you got to be willing to go and play for free mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. have to. Mm-hmm. And I mean, typically, you know, on a lower level festival circuit, the lower bands could. I think you probably should get five hundred to seven hundred and fifty bucks. Is you know, and then when you move to the 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 bigger level. Uh, the next level, you know, the bands that got paid that 500 750 might get 1500 mm-hmm. But, I mean, if, you know, right now, if I got a festival that was worthwhile that hit me up for CB Radio, even though they're making good money, um, I would do it. For, I, we, we would definitely do it for free. You know, mm-hmm. we would t- we'd bring it to the band and we'd say this is the opportunity. And, and by the way, uh, to point something out, an agent or a manager absolutely 100% works for the bands. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the other way around. So anything that we do, we have to go to them. That's our, that's really our boss. And mm-hmm. we have to go to them and say, this is what's on the table and this is what we recommend. Mm-hmm. And 
there's, believe me, plenty of times where, you know. We're it, saying one thing and the band's saying the absolutely. other. They, they turn down dates for whatever reason and, you know, that that's part of the business as well. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Are, are bands like that doing any hustling on their own to get gigs or are they leaving it 100% to you? It depends. I mean, the smart thing, the, the, the thing, this is, the, I'm going to tell you right now, the, the you know, and, and you could take this as because I'm on this end of it, um, that's why I'm saying it, but the, the best thing you can do and the best way it works is when you can find an agent or a manager, which isn't always easy. I mean, I get, we probably get hundreds a year, maybe more uh, of bands that, you know, submit to us. But having somebody who represents your interests 100% is the smartest way. Because if you're going some, a lot of like the tribute bands will go to like four or five or six different agents and try to get their kind of be their own manager mm-hmm. and then they have mm-hmm. all these different people working but everybody's stepping on everybody's toes and they're so that means that the venues are now getting the same information from seven different agents and it makes the bands look small time you mm-hmm. know like okay this band's not that big because they don't really have you know there's no dedicated continuity. dedicated rep- representation right. so if you can get to that position and you got somebody who's trustworthy and that's the big thing in this that's business is word. trust that's that's what you, I think you want to do. Okay, it's and, uh, it's a repeat of my two o'clock class today. <laughs> yeah, right. well, that, that's great. That's very interesting. By the way, we do have a winner. Oh, uh, we, awesome. we had two people actually who who ended up tweeting. Well, awesome. Their names Mick and Keith. That is funny. The uh, the the answer to the question the question was who were the Glimmer Twins who are the Glimmer Twins and it, it is the Rolling Stones and the answer is Anthony Yannette. and if you want to tweet and congratulate him it's at. Yannette, Y-A-N-N-E-T-T-E, 1212, which is a very memorable tweet. Congratulations. Well, just so they know, your tickets will be at the box office. Yes, Anthony, find me, and we'll uh, take care of all the specifics. So congratulations, Anthony. Ant! Ant! Yeah! There we go. Very good. Um, We're going to take—should we take our break? We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk real quickly about our theme song contest. And Joey is going to start reading. We have a ton of tweet questions from other students. And so Joey's going to start reading some tweets to you. Is that fair? Let's do Sounds it. Sounds good. All right, here we Woo! go. Music Biz 101 and more on Brave New Radio 88.7 FM. Hey, Dr. Steve Marconi, did you know about our Music Biz 101 and More theme song contest? I did and do, but only because I co-host the show. It probably wouldn't be good for you not to know. We're off the topic. Here's the contest that's open to every listener in America. Not Russia? No, I'm mad at them. It's simple. Submit an original tune to be used as the theme song for Music Biz 101 and More. A panel of judges is standing by, ready to pick the winner. Any style of music, right? Right. Vocal, instrumental, it can be funny or serious. Our blue ribbon panel is looking for something that stands out. One of those old love songs in your sock drawer won't win. Because that song probably sucks, right, Steve? Funny. All entries are due by November 5th. And the winner will be announced on our show December 10th. What does the winner get? The winning song will be played at the beginning and end of the show and broadcast live on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. here on WPSC. Plus, you'll get verbal credit in each show, and don't forget the podcast. The show is mobile on Stitcher Radio, so if you win, you can have your parents hear the theme song from their phones and then listen to us interview the best of the best of the music and entertainment industry. This is how Justin Bieber got his start. No. This is how Lady Gaga got her start. No. This is how Paramore got their start. No. But it might be the start of your career. Tweet us for details at MusicBiz101WP or go to our contest page, MusicBiz101WP.com backslash theme song contest. Do it now! 
People tried to enter our theme song contest. But they got to answer in order to what, 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 win. Okay. No, there we go. We are Music Biz, back Music Biz 101 and more. Here on Brave New Radio 88.7 on the FM dial, or you may be listening to the podcast on Stitcher.com. Tweet us your questions if you like, at MusicBiz101WP. I am Professor Dave Philp with Dr. Yes. So how is the contest going? Stephen Marconi, I will tell you how the contest is going. The contest is actually going swimmingly well. A week ago, Uh. we announced our theme song contest. You guys just heard the commercial for this, the promo for the contest. And we're looking for people to compose the theme song for the Music Biz 101 and More radio show. What kind of music can it be, Stephen? Any kind of music. Any kind of music. Anything. You know, it could actually be pots and pans. It could be... Death metal. Death metal. Mm. Living metal. That's right. Any kind of... And if you win, what do you get? If you win, you get, besides our love, besides yes. becoming a guest host cool. on this show, besides having Amanda your song Palmer, played. what are you here? <laughs> besides all of this, you also win. You do not win a new car. But you do win... Uh, God. You get, to, you get <laughs> a million dollars, and you also... We're well, gonna make there a, it is, folks. It's on the air now. Yeah, so know, one write those dollars. songs. <laughs> well, you're gonna. We're gonna every day, every time we do a show, we're gonna announce who wrote the song. We're gonna play at the beginning, at the end of every show. Mm-hmm. We're also gonna make sure that everybody on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram knows who you are. We're mm-hmm. gonna create a YouTube video of your song. You're gonna guest host this show with us on January, I believe it's fifteenth uh, of next year. But in order, and you would also get, if you are a member of a performing rights organization, you're going to get credit for this song being performed or aired that's right you should immediately go to ASCAP or BMI um, you Once could also you winner, that's yeah. and we're now here's a good question uh, we are since we're a podcast and it gets streamed they could also go to sound exchange and register their song with sound exchange and they Is could this so they get a royalty check so they get royalty big if money performed on, if they performed on it sound exchange yes. would pay them yes but the performing rights organizations will pay them for the streams as well Right, because as a writer, right as a writer and as, as a performer, writer. Sound Exchange will, exactly. will pay them as well. And um, so we are looking for your entrance and the entry date when we need to receive your your song is November fifth, November fifth, twenty fourteen. We're going to announce the winner on December tenth and uh, January fourteenth. You are going to guest host mm-hmm. the first Music Biz one hundred one and more radio show here on music here on uh, Brave New Radio eight point seven in twenty fifteen. So there we go. That's what we're talking about. So we're back with Sean Gilday, Rachel Hill of Blue Raven Entertainment. Thank you guys for still being here and not we're leaving. We're very excited. Woo! So we should turn up the heat in here. Yes, can we get it a little heat in here? Yeah, yeah it, I feel it too. It's, a, it's very good for the armpits. Yeah, Give them a nice. workout. We should also mention again Philip Gorofchowski, who is our producer. Thank you very much, Philip. Oh, yeah, come on. And the person who has been very silent and very quiet and very patient, who is now going to take over the show, is our student guest host, Joey Stefan. Joey. Yeah, Joey. Joey. So, Joey, what you, what you got for us, Joey? All right, we got a tweet in from Nicole Da Rosa. Is it easier to promote tribute and cover bands or original acts? Hmm. Ooh. Well, I would have to say that's, that's kind of an easy one. Um, I would have to... Definitely say tribute bands are much easier to promote because usually you're tributing something like 
you know, the great all-time Led Zeppelin and the Eagles and Pink Floyd. And, of course, you know, they are just timeless bands that no one is going to ever forget about. So if you can have a good tribute band, um, you can really make some money with it. And I would definitely say those are kind of a no-brainer thing to promote. As far as promoting original bands go, there's definitely some strategy that has to be thought about um, behind that. Uh, That's definitely a difficult thing to do. Um, And and just a point, many of the tribute bands uh, are are also members of original bands, uh you know, that's a a way to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of them some of the tribute bands that are out there are, are, were actually in, um, you know, pretty legitimate bands that made it pretty big in the earlier years. And now mm-hmm. they, you know, play in tribute bands. In fact, a, a, a great story in regards to that. Um, uh, a friend of ours uh, manages the band Big Shot, which is a Billy Joel tribute band. Mm-hmm. And uh, the singer's name is Michael Del Judice. Now he started out, you know, as the singer and he, the manager got one of the members of Billy's band because they weren't playing a lot uh, to come on, and then another one, and another one, and all of a sudden, this tribute band has most of the members of Billy's band in it. Well, Billy decides to go back on tour, and his guys all come back, and Billy st- decides, like, well, you know, it'd be great to have somebody who can rehearse the band some, and, you know, he calls up my, uh, Mike and... He's been tributing Billy, you know, for the last however many years, and now he's actually in Billy's band, plays guitar for him, and uh, he gets up and you know he sings backup vocals, and yeah, really kind of the connections are kind of crazy with some of the bands. In fact, our band Tusk um, got recommended by uh, Mick Fleetwood to some people. So mm-hmm. they're they're kind of it's interesting they're aware of these tribute bands. Mm-hmm. I got a little off topic, but well, no, that's yeah. a, a very good point for the DIY people who want to do original material. I know DIY DIY bands who actually are wedding bands as well with an entirely different name. Right. So they don't even bring it up, nor do they right. do original material at the wedding. Right. Mm-hmm. And they make their money that way, right. and at least they're not out of the business uh, while making a living. Exactly. Right. Yep. Joey. Okay, we talked about this a little bit earlier uh, in terms of how you guys kind of market and try and promote uh, new acts to your festivals and stuff. Uh, so Mel Pazler has the question tweeted in, what has been the most effective marketing strategy for a show most ineffective? Oh, well, I mean, you know, that's it, it, there's so many different ways to look at that question, but this is what I would say. You really have to like look at your take your show and 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 the the way that information is now back let's say back in the seventies back in the seventies you probably could put an announcement in a newspaper get, do a couple spots on radio and people would come out but information is so fragmented today with Facebook and Instagram and and Twitter and um, you know TV radio and you know which there's so many different ways that people get information that you really have to try and cover as many of those bases as you can. And uh, the, 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 the secret that for me, when, I, like, when we did the show at William Patterson with uh, Cashmere and sold it out, was I really just, I did handbills. I put them in the music stores and other places. I did posters. I hung those up. I um, 
paid for radio on WDHA. I did uh, paid for Facebook ads. Um, you know, the Aquarian, I think. The Aquarian. I mean, just like you know, you really the today wrote an article. And I, yeah, right. And I, I know that like people who are in bands are probably now going, well, I don't have that budget to do all that. And of course, starting out, you you gotta really grassroots it, and you have to like get out there, and it's it's like manual labor. You have to walk and put those flyers out, and in you know every time you're at a show. At the at the end of the show, this this is one thing that kills me about uh, you know some bands is they take that approach of too cool for school and they're not mm-hmm. going to talk to anybody and they want to. That's for when you're huge and that, that that's not for when you're starting out. You want to reach out to every fan that's at your show and be out there shaking their hands and talking to them. And I'm telling you, that's the way that you build a fan base one at a time. Mm-hmm. Well. You know, you can't ever be too big for that. Mm-hmm. No. Um, I th- thought I read legitimately that Snoop Dogg or Snoop Lion, whatever he is, actually tweets every hour. And he retweets things from his fans. So if you happen to be a follower of Snoop and you were retweeted by him, it's like, you know, yeah. it's one yeah. of the greatest Your things that's ever made, happened yeah. right. to you that uh, the five million people see that read this retweet. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it's never... You know, it's never out of fashion to be friendly with your fan base, of Especially course. these days with crowdfunding. I think Amanda Palmer is the sort of poster child for what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, basically having a love affair with your fans. When you talk, besides just the retweeting, the way she was able to re- raise $2 million on uh, Kickstarter a couple of years ago mm-hmm. was because she had cultivated this fan base mm-hmm. for right. years. Right. You know, exactly. it, it's not yeah. one of these pie-in-the-sky things. things. It was yes. $1.2 million from 25,000 people. That's right. People. That's right. 1.2 million. Yes. And and it worked and she's she's been doing very well ever since. Joey, do you have another question for us? Uh, just yes. real quick uh, going off of a follow up. You said that when you were promoting or marketing a new band that uh, you traditionally go with I guess old school methods, handing out flyers, going to the aquarium, trying to get placements in newspapers and ads and um, you know with the rise of technology and new media like Vine, Instagram, Facebook, uh, how do you see that as changing your business and your model in terms of marketing or promoting someone? We were talking, Dr. Mulcahy, about the DIY uh, model. Uh, do you think a band could go by themselves and promote through Vine, Instagram that way, or do you think it's still essential to have a promoter to have, um, I guess, the connections with the Aquarian and newspapers to still get placement like that? No, I think like what you know what I said earlier in. in it's the truth. You know, when you're starting out as a band, you really kind of have to be your manager, your agent, a little bit of everything. And um, I, 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 I think that all of the various ways to, to communicate nowadays has really complicated things quite a bit. And I don't think the music business has really caught its breath yet. I think everybody is still trying to figure out what do we do now? Mm-hmm. And and believe me, it's it's at every level. But the the thing, you know, just going right back to it, a band starting out. I'm telling you, I've watched it happen. I've watched bands that are good at shaking hands, go out after the show, hang out, talk to one person, and then all of a sudden that person's at every show, and then they bring three friends, and then there's and it just builds. And I'm telling you, it's we were, we've done some work with a band uh, called Cabinet, um, which uh, are, are good friends of our company, and uh, they those guys, 
have done an amazing job. Their manager has done an amazing job of just exactly what we're talking about, of going into you know every town and just grinding it out, getting in a van, going into a town, playing for 10 people, then playing for 20 people, then playing for 25 the next time, then 50, then 100. And, you know, they probably had at the Peach, at the Peach Fest, they probably had four, maybe 5,000 people at their stage. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so they. I think that, Sean, that's the. We are still fishing in this business because there mm-hmm. isn't one model which right. used to be get on a major label and they'll take care of everything. And today, yeah. that's still the. The model is take your passive fan or -hmm. potential fan to passive fan and try to make them a fanatic fan. And everybody can do it differently and it can work for actually everybody. uh, But there isn't one set way of doing this. And the only thing that is set is the connection, that the connection with fans one at a time will then multiply and multiply. And that passive fan, as you said, comes to the show becomes an active fan and brings three other people who then become active fans and you start getting uh that's exactly it you that's, start that's getting exactly a reputation. that's what bands can do themselves because there are very few bands starting out that can afford to spend three thousand dollars on radio or anything like that in fact it probably wouldn't work because if you you know if you're an unknown band and you spend three thousand dollars on the radio to say you're playing at the newton theater if nobody knows who you are mm-hmm. you know Money you gotta you gotta start with your friends and family and work your way up from there. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have another question from Nadia. Do you encourage others to pursue a career in the field? Um, I guess I'll take this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. I would never discourage anyone from getting into the music business. I definitely think that you have to have a certain. Uh, Thick skin. Thick skin for it, for sure. I think you have to have the right personality. You have to have... I couldn't think of a better word than thick skin. I think I'll I'll leave it at that. I mean, there are people who are going to beat you up and just, you know, try and break you down at every turn. And unfortunately, there's a lot of, like, not-so-nice things that happen in the music business, um, whether it's dealing with, you know, venues or agents or you know, musicians, but I think one of the highlights of it, for me at least, is when everything seems to just be, it's that moment when you're at the show and, you know, the crowd's really into it and the band's really into it and, you know, the venue's really happy because they're making money and the band's making good money and, you know, the crowd, you can just feel the energy and, you know, that's a moment for me where I think like, okay, this is pretty awesome. But then there's, you know... 20 other moments where I think, geez, what the hell did I get into <laughs> this business for? I must be crazy because, you know, the venue always thinks that, you know, they're getting ripped off and the band always thinks that they should be making more money so they feel like they're getting ripped off and, and, and then you're just the one in the middle taking, you know, everybody's problems and trying to, to solve, solve them. them. <laughs> but, you know, it, and to touch on what Rachel said uh, in reference to, like, the crowds and stuff, for me, the big the big thing is when you go to a show, there's like, and it's not every show, but there are shows where there's a moment and something clicks and the energy in the room just changes. And it's, 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 mm-hmm. you know, for me, it's, Magical. it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. I think 
that the the same buzz that the performer gets because for me when it all comes together it's the most exciting thing for me it's the most exciting thing I could ever think to be doing and like she said you are going to get beat up you are going to deal with a lot of people who are dishonest and people who are going to try and undercut you but you know if you if you stick through that you will have some of the most amazing moments you'll ever have in your life I, I believe and for mm-hmm. me this is a career it's I go to work and most days it's like I can't believe I'm you know it's really work mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. follow up question specifically for Rachel mm-hmm. as a woman uh, is it more difficult do you think because you're not a man so you know but talk about being a woman in the business and how much harder it might be for you and what what uh, advice would you have? Because we have a lot of, at least half of our students and possibly more are females. So what advice do you have for them? They're trying to get in the business as well. Uh, you got to be tough. That's for sure. Um, I'll never forget the day that Sean called me into his office and there's a program that we use called Celebrity Access. It's, you know, kind of like similar to Polestar or any mm-hmm. one of those mm-hmm. where, you know, you get all the numbers from shows as far as, you know, what kind of numbers bands are doing and all the venues that are in there and their contacts and how you get in touch with people. It's just a big database. Mm-hmm. But he called me in and he pulled up a, you know, a list of agents from, you know, CAA and William Morris and all the big time agencies. And he was just scrolling down through the list and he said, we got to the bottom of it. And he said, what do you, what sticks out to you on this list? And it took me a minute because I was like, well, I don't know what he's trying to get at. But I said, there's no women like all the agents in the business. There was maybe one or two that I saw. But out of, you know, hundreds of agents that we scrolled through, there was really no women. So I think that could either play into my favor, which is the route that I've been trying to go with it. Or it could also work against me because I just get sloughed off a little bit because they're not used to dealing with a woman or they you know, just have the mentality like, oh, well, you know, what does she know? Or, you know, I don't know, whatever the case may be. But I think in some way I try and look at the, take the approach of like using, playing that to my strength as far as making mm-hmm. a name for myself goes. And, you know, um, yeah, just. Good point. Excellent. Yeah, good it's point. very good. Joey. Okay. ACM Records asks, are labels getting more involved with promoters and artists due to lack of record sales? Um, I'm sorry, ask the question yeah. again. Yeah, sure. Are labels getting more involved with promoters and artists due to lack of record sales? Um, I, I, I don't have a real answer for that, to be quite yeah. honest with you. But what I, what I would say about record sales, the, the whole idea of record sales in general, um, it's, it's not what it used to be. I think it's a big struggle. And like I, what I was saying before about people trying to really figure out how you know you, you we were talking i think on the break about you two coming out and giving her album album away for free i just think that there everybody is trying to figure out where the profit center is in the in the music business and right now i mean obviously right now it is in touring and it isn't really a hundred percent in record sales and that's why you know a lot of the companies that were um you know, dealing with, say, just strictly selling records, started 360 deals, started getting involved in giving, you know, Madonna X amount of dollars and then taking over all of her merch and everything else and, you know, that kind of stuff. Oh, go ahead. ahead. um, 
I was just going to comment just like a, a general thought that I have as far as record sales go nowadays. I just think that, you know, to touch back on what Sean said, everyone's kind of fishing for the answer right now. And I think a lot of why record sales are kind of um, non-existent nowadays is because ever since the record industry changed and the record companies kind of lost control of that aspect, I think all kind of artist development went out the window and the second that that happened it's like no one's really worried about developing anyone's career anymore and I think everyone's just struggling to just you know they're happy if they get a hit and it's not really about making a good album like I can't really remember even the last like great album yeah, that the, I've the heard album, the, in the its album is entirety dead. yeah I think I, I think, think the album is is really dead um, I think everyone's just happy having their one-hit wonders. I mean, I just I just got a, a record player, and the thing I was actually arguing with someone the other day because they were like, oh, well, you know, vinyls are stupid and this, that, and the other thing. And I was like, no, like, you know, I know what it was. They were bashing on all these new indie bands that are, you know, coming out and releasing their albums on vinyls, and they're saying, well, that's stupid, and why are they doing that? And I said, I think the idea of a vinyl is great because it actually forces you to sit down and listen to the album in its entirety rather than having the freedom to skip tracks and just, you know, play one song here, one song there and just listen to what you want. And you actually get an idea of what the artist is trying to say, you know, the story behind them rather than and, just. And potentially that maybe this, that this would give the artists that are out there now more incentive to yeah. go back to the idea of concept albums. And I think the incentive for the artists is lost um, yeah. as far as making a good album goes. I think they're just trying to get the hit out, make their money and, I think that's not, not a lot everyone, of why, but yes, I, you know, you know, I mean, the record sales. I think I think there's a lot. I think what Rachel's saying is there's a lot of um, the the business model is broke. Mm -hmm. the, I think there's still you know plenty of bands that are out there really trying to put together quality albums. I just don't think that they have as many outlets or uh, the 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 potential isn't as available. You know, yeah, back the in the 70s, right they were almost like grabbing anybody they could that had a decent album and they were putting them out and, you know, running them like hotcakes. And now they're, you know, they're really looking for like that person who's going to sell 10 million, you know, the bigger record companies. Anyway. And they're so quick to dump you. I mean, it took Bruce Springsteen, I think, three albums or four albums till right. he actually broke. You know, nowadays, no one would stick with anyone That's a for great that point. long. Right. That's a great point. Interesting that. Gene Simmons commented on this just the other day in his interview, in being interviewed by his son Nick, actually, and uh, basically said the same thing: how fed up he is with the way the industry is being run. We he said rock is dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and rock is dead. And I'm like this. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying. And David and I could take the academic approach to say it's a complicated issue we can't answer <laughs> yeah, it and I'm, I'm not sure how to find this but i recommend that you you know anybody who's listening go and sign up subscribe to the bob left set letter yeah, yeah. Uh, the left set letters are great he's really got a beat on the industry and he uh well if you're a william patterson student i got put onto that through yes my, so, yeah. either one of you or dr marconi we but... actually do celebrity access newsletter oh, we don't okay. do the whole um database right, right. but we do the um Synopsis every Thursday comes in the email. 
We yeah, have time for one more question because okay. we're running out of time. Joey. Okay, oh, Cole Mozaleski tweets, what is the most successful way to merchandise for a band so that it reaches the most amount of people? Hmm. Well, merchandise? Yeah, merchandise or to market? To use merch. Oh, to use merchandise. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, free giveaways, if you can afford to do that, like what we did with the free T-shirt at um, Peach Festival – um, we gave away 100 T-shirts, um, and, you know, maybe it cost us $300 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the end, that got us so much buzz, we've got, you know, a lot more gigs for that. So using your merchandise creatively, um, I would say, is 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 a must. Um, but also, I think, ba- I think a lot of bands go into the idea that w- – merchandise with merchandise that they think like okay this is going to be a real revenue source for us yeah and some it takes a while to build that to where people want to buy your stuff so if you can give small things away i think that is a great marketing idea i think looking at your objective yeah Yeah. is your objectives for revenue or is your objective for getting known and getting your name around then you give it away yeah i think you got to determine what kind of value is um you know where you're going to place your value on what type of thing. And it goes the same thing like determining if you're going to play a free show or not. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, what's the return going to be on that? Is it going to be because there's going to be 5,000 people there? Sure, of course, that makes sense. But you're not just going to go to Joe's Schmoes down the street and play for nothing to five people. So, Well, hopefully our listeners are going to get a return from uh, their hour spent with us tonight. Ah, Yes, and we had listeners as far away as... Syracuse, New York. Shout out to those people at Syracuse and yep. in uh, the state of Maine. They're also listening. Wow. No, awesome. I know. We've gone East Coast, which is yeah. awesome. But there are some lessons. There are some lessons that we learned today because we're wrapping this up. We have about we'll 60 seconds left of uh, the wrap up. Uh, a couple, I would say three main ones that I think kind of came out of this. One being persistence. We talked about besides just getting on to festivals, but just in the business overall. Um, mm-hmm. Especially from a woman's point of view and just from a, an artist's point of view, you have to be as persistent as possible. You can't give up, uh, which goes to part two, the thick skin part. Uh, if you're not thick skinned, if you can't take rejection, you can't be in this business in any part of the end. And almost any, any part of the business world, because no matter where you go, somebody's right. going to say no to you for the prom. And finally, um, just the one on one on one connection. You're never too big for your friends ever. And that's really important. Ever. Ever. That's right. <laughs> Ever. If we're in Jersey. So you have been listening to Music Biz 101 and more on WPSC. WPSC 88.7 on the FM dial. The brave new radio of William Patterson, the university. I'm Professor Dave Philp with... Professor Steve Marconi. And, and our guests have been... Blue Raven. That's Rachel Hill and Sean Gilday. Of Blue Raven. And, of course, we've had Joey Stefan. Joey Stefan, our Woo. student co-host. And, of course, we have the fabulous, incredible Philip Gorachowski, who has been our producer. Thank you so much. Thank you. Tune in next week for... Tune in next week for Wayne Shernan, Vice President of Sales for Island Def Jam Republic Records. And we hope he's not looking for a job. Well, no. And we hope. I'm sure he... Because he's very good at what he does. So I'm very looking forward to that. He's going to be looking to get paid, you know. Yeah, he's going to get paid for that gig. So we want to thank you. And until next week, go to Stitcher.com, Music Biz 101 and more. Ah!